are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, my amazing, awesome co-host, Monica. It has just clicked over to a, a crisp, nice, you know, 8 a.m. And we are about to get into all things, you know, Bible study, but do a bunch of stuff. But before we do anything, we need another clue for the quiz. Monica, please. The one that you gave away, <clears throat> almost. What book? <laughs> <laughs> what book am I? This book has... More than twice the number of chapters than any other book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what book of the Bible is that? It has more than twice the number of chapters mm-hmm. than any other book of the Bible. That's a big book. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And you need to because we're having our amazing draw coming at the end of the week for our amazing prize. What is that, Monica? Please. It is a copy of 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on the Nature and Ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is book 12 uh, from Dennis Smith with his wonderful series, um, Focus Strongly on Prayer. Uh, um, you don't have to do the first 11 to do this one. You can do it just a standalone book. It's a devotional book. You can do, um, uh, I think it's a page or two a day, and this one particularly focuses on uh, the nature and ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it's been written to to help develop a close relationship with, with Jesus Christ. So you have to be willing to commit to 40 days of prayer um, and devotional study, and this is the book for you if you want to commit to that. So, yeah, get in with a chance to win. It's a great prize. Absolutely. So we've got some text messages here, and uh, we have one from from Brayden. Brayden writes, uh, just an FYI, your extra clues this morning, Lawson, knocked out 37 books. That's right. So over you. half. I don't actually know. And then they go on to say the answer, and it was wrong. So... So I'm um, I'm sorry I'm sorry Brayden although you did tra- get it he, he got it right the second time okay did that just come through? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but okay. yeah no Brayden is on point like that's what I said like your little thing the well I guess we were both at fault I shouldn't have said anything that you were correct but that- um that thing we did literally knocked out half. Of the books of the Bible. So people were really able to narrow it down. They deduced it. But guys, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. Uh, we have another text message here. Hi, Jen with Mon and Lawson. As a left-hand fellow, I'm blessed to be in my right mind <laughs> using my my using right hemisphere, right? That's what you say. It's like the different hemispheres of the brain. Yeah, the left and right hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, I didn't know this. So if you are right-handed, use your left? I don't know, really. I don't really know, but I just like the joke at the same time. I I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff about that, but I've also heard a lot of stuff debunking it. But we did do a thing with Jennifer on it, but it was different to what I thought it was. So, yeah, who really knows? Um, but yeah, left-handed fellow with a blessed to be in his right mind. I do like that. That's David Edgar from Allenbrook uh, in Perth, WA. Woohoo! Yeah, my hometown, <laughs> baby. Relatable. Are you are you left-handed? I'm actually supposed to be ambidextrous. You're supposed to be. What does that mean? As in, like I was born ambidextrous, but I really only cultivated one hand. No, I'm, they had me tested. Isn't as a, that everyone? <laughs> I Isn't suppose in a way, but like everyone? in uh, in primary school, they had us all tested, and they were like, "Yes, yeah, she can use both." And they literally said to me, "Well, we can't sit around, you know, teaching you how to write with both hands. It'll take too long in class. So just mm. pick one hand." Yeah. And I literally looked around. And was like, "Oh, everyone's right hand. I'll just go with my right." Yeah. And so now I'm more comfortable with my right, but I am left-footed, if that makes sense. Yeah. See, I I feel like it's a thing of habit, and I feel like your yeah. brain just adjusts totally. You can. You can. You can. Yeah, absolutely. I know this because people who lose their limbs, you just they just switch. 
they learn and they switch. It's just a Absolutely. matter of training. I know. Um, so there are left-handed guitars, mm. which is the most ridiculous thing in the whole world. Left-handed guitars should not exist. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my foot down right now. Be- okay. <laughs> because cause this is the thing. So with, um, with guitar, right? You, you do your strumming in your right hand and then your left hand is the fingering. Now, when I'm playing guitar, because I've learned to play guitar like correctly in, in, you know, the, the regular way that you play guitar, like your strumming hand. Yeah. There's some picking and stuff that you do, but your strumming hand is usually just keeping a rhythm, but it's a lot less active than your, than the, the, the hand that you're fingering with. Right. So the hand that you're using the fretboard with. And so when I'm playing guitar, like my left hand is way more active and I have way more control. I'm doing so much more with it. Right. Right. I then play piano and it's the opposite. Oh, okay. My right hand is the one that's oh, yeah. p- playing the melody and my left hand's playing the chords. The chords. And I it, and I, I I can't swap it the other way around, right? I, I can, but I'm I'm less proficient. So basically with both of my hands, depending on what instrument I'm playing, mm-hmm. is the dominant hand. Yeah. And so what this has proven to me is that it honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> and and I know I so you. many lefties mm-hmm. who play guitar with like a regular guitars and it's no problem. But then there's this select group of lefties that their parents who probably put them in guitar lessons without their parents, but I know exactly what happened. Their parents put them in the guitar lessons and said, Oh, well they're left-handed. Then they need a left-handed guitar because they don't know anything about music. Now they've trained left-handed and now they're condemned to buying left-handed guitars, guitars. (laughs) which are like so fewer. Like there's so many less left-handed guitars. They're like, they're not necessarily more expensive, but if a guitar brings out a line of guitars, they'll bring out 30 right-handed guitars and like five left-handed guitars. Mm-hmm. So you've stitched yourself up essentially. <laughs> you have, so, so if you're a parent out there, if you're, or maybe you're having kids or maybe you want to put your kids in guitar lessons and they're left-handed, do not, do not buy them a left-handed guitar, get them a regular guitar. They'll learn like everyone else and they'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm I mean, let I, me I, rant. Okay, <laughs> let me cook. <laughs> no, I understand because you, know, you have the chunky strings at the top, and if you switched it over to be left hand, be the chunky strings at the bottom, which doesn't make sense. So I, I get what you mean, like the left hand, the right handed builds. But mm. I guess if you're doing the same amount of work with your fingers, it, I guess yeah, it just wouldn't really matter. It it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's however it's like you, driving. Like we all drive on the on the um on the from, the, from yeah. the right hand side of the vehicle. That's right. And, we're and then you hands. go overseas, and it's the other way around, yeah. and we're confused. And that's not because we're left that's or right handed. Right. It's because we train one way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's where, like, when people are left or right-handed, I, I guess maybe there would be a, you know, some kind of genetic in- inclination to do so. But simultaneously, Isn't I'm like, there's something about left-handed people living longer or something. I think there's like some sort of stat like that. Well, maybe because there's just less of them, <laughs> right? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, are yeah. you right-handed? I'm right-handed. Are you goofy foot? I'm regular stance. Okay. So I'm like right-handed, regular, like I'm. Um, You're all right. I'm all. Yeah, I am all, all right, right. All right. But apparently not in my right mind, according to <laughs> David Edgar. Uh, we have another text message coming in here um, from Hi. from Sky. She says, "P.S. Random thought. You know, you're still waking up when you go to adjust the car radio volume with your phone." Oh, Sky, I do well, it all the time. I listen to everything via Bluetooth, so that's exactly what I do. She also, Sky also says, "Hi, I'm left-handed, and it's hard to meet with other neat left-handed writers." Is that a thing? Do left-handers have scribbly, like, messy writing? Well, the biggest problem with left-handed writing is that you're dragging your hand where you've already right. written. Right. They need to go, like, to Asian and they countries smudge. where it's the other way around. Where instead of going oh, from yeah, left to right, they go from right to left. Is, is Korean? <clears throat> I don't 
Yeah, no, no, Japanese and Korean yeah. are left. It's it's is Chinese left to right? I've had a lot of arguments from left-handers that the way that Asian font is done from the other way around, um, like they have less cases of autism. I don't know if that's actually the correlation, yeah. but they were they were keen that it was. Man, we're talking about all the different like like kind of they're not necessarily myths, but all like the mental health kind of like yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, I know from. One of my friends is dyslexic Mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, it took me like no time at all to learn Japanese because it's all just shapes Uh and and it's actually way easier for me because I can't read English properly, Mm -hmm. right? So where we as people, we're like deducing shapes from like the letters that's there. They're like, those shapes don't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, well, because we well, we don't read necessarily as as a non dyslexic person, mm-hmm. I don't read fully in shapes. Yeah. I read it's letter by letter, and then by putting those groups of letters together, you you build something. Whereas, like they don't they can't conceive the letter by letter. But when it comes to reading like some kind of calligraphy um, mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. language, like a like a like a Japanese or a Chinese, because it's more shape based, they're like, yeah, got it easy. You know, I actually wonder um, because when I have to remember like a phone number or any kind of a number or a new word, I I memorize it by shape first instead of like the actual meaning of the word and the sound or anything. So yeah, wow. I, yeah, I, I find it easier to imprint it on my mind. I just I don't have to really think about it. I just sort of see the shapes in my head. Lyle and anyway. I were talking about memorization yesterday because I believe. Yeah, yeah, was... you were saying the way you pre- I do that as well when you try and memorize a Bible verse. Yeah. You do it in a preachy, yeah. exaggerated voice. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah. Braden says, I think left-handed people are often ambidextrous. My son is left-handed but can comfortably use both. And I think it comes from the commonality of right-handed people. So there is more examples of right than left. Do you know what's really cool? The fact that God created that. Left and right-handed <laughs> people. I think that's just Will amazing. we be ambidextrous in heaven, though? Oh, that's a will re- be. If, if, if we – because the reason we need to – you be right or left-handed is because it's more familiar for our brain, right? We don't have the neuroplasticity to do both. But in heaven, when we have ultimate neuroplasticity, oof. Oof. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Have you actually seen um, – uh, there's an artist. Uh, her name is Raja Sina. Uh, she's on Instagram. She's like a current artist. She's not like, you know – She's not deceased, like Rembrandt or nothing. <laughs> she's not like, no, I'm, I'm not like saying like she's not like some old tiny yeah. Leonardo. She's like a she's a current um, artist, and um, and she's been um, invited all over the world. Like she she uh, does her art on television and, and in stores and stuff, and it's absolutely mind blowing what the human body can do because she sits at a desk. She has um, four uh, pages in front of her, and then. four four on the floor and then she puts a pencil in each hand and a pencil in each foot and then she draws two portraits per limb she draws two four six eight portraits at the same time using every single one of her limbs and they got like they're beautiful artistic like they're not that like, they're not scribbled they're not scratched that scratch. is like antediluvian genes being passed that <laughs> yeah. is crazy direct descendant that is insane look here, i got a picture so check it out look at her look at her go 
Isn't that just incredible? She like sometimes she only does four at a time, but I've seen her do eight at one time. Does she not need to look at what she's doing? She sort of just moves her head around and like just double checks, you know, just looks at all four limbs, like each each foot as it you know jumps between the two portraits that each foot is working on. It is just incredible, and she does beautiful portraiture. Like these are these are, and she sells her paintings. They're they're honest. They're not like a stickman. I'm talking like beautiful. Yeah, they look awesome. Full on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They're artistic. Yeah. We have another text message here from David. He says Jen also mentioned that those who use the left side of brain stress less i'm left-handed and use the right hemisphere of my brain so yes i stress more (laughs) oh dave dave you're all right you're okay hey you've learned some tips today on how to deal with stress absolutely we can all put into good use hit those breaths you know hit those push-ups do some clap push-ups and you'll feel better about yourself apparently (laughs) push-ups yeah yeah you you can't do clap push-ups i can't do any (laughs) push-ups I have a busted shoulder. Oh, true. Time. That's rough. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time since I can do a push-up. You know who else has a busted shoulder? DJ Shell. DJ Shell. <laughs> <laughs> She's not doing any clap push-ups anytime yeah. soon. No, nothing. So, so shout-out producer Shell, who's currently rested up, you know, just healing, just up, healing yeah. up, getting it done. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Hey, we should probably do a Bible study. Yes. P.S. Bruce and Liz, congratulations, you got it correct. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we have our Bible study today, and we're going to be talking about the law of God. Ooh la la. We're going to be talking, well, yesterday we talked about the Sabbath, and we talked about the Sabbath's uh, involvement in the Ten Commandments, the fact that it's right there, um, smack bang, almost in the middle. It's not Commandment 5, but it's Commandment number 4. <gasps> what's what's up? I just got a text message from DJ Shell. What? This is life-changing news. She just said, due to popular demand, there will be a guest appearance of some puppies this morning. Set up on the grass just outside the front door of the office, so feel free to drop by anytime and get some puppy love. Stop the press, ladies and gentlemen. Puppies are coming to the radio studio. I'm so excited right now. I can just pop. I... Are we allowed to dox our address? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I'd love for the listeners to come. Um, if you know where we are, then. <laughs> no, I think everyone knows that, that our little radio studio is broadcast from the North New South Wales Conference Office, sure. which is 112 Lake Road Walls End. So yeah, get like, on down here, get come, in your car. Come and come and. There's going to be uh, sausage dog puppies on our front oh, lawn. I'm oh, so, so excited. <gasps> Blair Lemke's. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Oh, so of course Blair, who we've because had I, on the show all yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah, I've been I pressured him all last week. Every day he came in, I was like, Where are the puppies? Where are the puppies? I was like, You're disappointing, you're disappointing. You bring the puppies. Wait, well, you get excited. <laughs> get excited. And you know what? You know what cute little puppies remind me of? Imagine being there as Adam and Eve spending oh. the first Sabbath. Hanging out with all the animals. Oh, so cool. And again, they're not working at that time. So they've been created at the end of the sixth day. Yeah. And then they've gone into Sabbath and they're like hanging out with the puppies. Snuggling up with like a cheetah and a lion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and again, it would be like a cheetah that's like five meters long or something (laughs) because everything was way bigger back (laughs) then. Um, it, it would truly just be an incredible scene to spend time with beautiful animals right there in creation. And of course, as we were talking about yesterday, the Sabbath finding itself right in the middle of the creation, well, of the Ten Commandments, and its justification for existing comes from the fact that it was there, right there in creation. Now, that means that we as a people, as God has instituted Sabbath, he's made it a memorial of creation to last throughout all time. And we keep it to remember that memorial. And we were talking about yesterday with Lyle, we were talking about how essentially a lot of people today, you know, one of the two things that is so under attack 
you know, in 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 the world with in in a lot of denominations, only thirty percent believing this. Only thirty percent of Christians and even less believing that God created the world in six days. Yeah. It's creationism. And Sabbath is a direct memorial of that. Mm-hmm. We keep the seventh day Sabbath as a memorial of the fact that God has almighty power to create all throughout um, all this well, all this entire world within a limited period of time of six days, and he could have done it in one day, but he did it in six, you know, in in a in a beautiful, ordered, poetic sense. Um, God has ability over all creation. That's that's this, the essential point. That's what we believe, and the Sabbath is a memorial of that. But then, just towards the end of the show, we had Stuart text in, and he said, "Hey guys, what about the the account of?" the Sabbath in Deuteronomy, which essentially over, you know, looks over the redemption of Israel and the fact that God saved Israel. That's why we keep Sabbath. And it's like, yeah, we can absolutely see that, that, you know, the Exodus being the original type that the Bible gives the, the foremost primary example of redemption. It's, it's given then as reason that, Hey, the, why we keep the Sabbath is because God is a great redeemer. So he's both our creator and our redeemer. So, this is for, for Adam and Eve at creation. It was like, God's our creator. For for Moses and the Israelites in the, book, the era of Deuteronomy and the Exodus, it's like, oh, he's our redeemer. But what about for us today? You know, what is our call to keep Sabbath? You know, is it, is it those two reasons or does it have any implications that move on into the future? Definitely God is a creator and that truth exists throughout all time. God is also a redeemer and that truth exists throughout all time. But... Is, is that it? Does does the Sabbath have anything to do with us today? And that's what we're going to be having a look at. Monica, open up that Bible. Crack open that Word of God. We're mm-hmm. going to go to Revelation chapter 14. As we've been studying throughout the last number of weeks, we've been looking at Revelation chapter 14 and, and seeing the way it is that, um, you know, well, essentially Revelation 14 is God's final message for his people on this earth. So Revelation 14, and do you want to read verse 7 for us, Monica? Revelation 14, verse 7, I'm reading from the NLT, and it goes like this. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Okay, I'm going to say a sentence, and you're going to provide, like, the last word. It's going to be kind of like a like a Jeopardy-type deal. All right, so I, I maybe that's the wrong show, but okay. <laughs> Revelation fourteen seven. What we just read is a call to worship. Worship, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. So Revelation chapter fourteen and verse seven is a call to worship God, and why is that? Because He's our Creator. Mm. Let's now read. Do you want to read for us Revelation fourteen verse nine? Fourteen verse nine says, "Let me find it." Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, yeah. That's, that's perfect. Okay, Revelation chapter 14, 9, Monica. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 14, 9 is a solemn appeal not to... Uh, apostatize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to, in context of the passage... Worship the worship beast. The, yeah. Worship yep. the so Revelation 14.7 is a solemn call to worship, worship God, Yeah. right? Because he's our creator. Revelation 14.9 is a solemn appeal to not worship, worship. the beast. Yeah. Um, now, the beast, as you said, the beast, uh, well, ultimately the dragon in Bible prophecy is 
it, well, in the book of Revelation, is none other than the devil. Mm-hmm. But the beast that it's talking about here is an institution that the devil sets up to deceive the world, what we call essentially an antichrist power. So he says here, Revelation 14, 7, worship God because he's the creator. Revelation 14, 9, do not worship the beast. So it seems to be that worship is the heart of the problem here. It's like exactly. a huge issue in this chapter. Exactly. Yeah. So then we need to work out, to be able to work out and differentiate, okay, what constitutes worship for God mm. and what constitutes worship for Satan? Now, we could study, okay, what does satanic worship look at? And it's like, oh, well, here's a pentagram and here's well, what a sin. Da, 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 da. But we know that we can always easily identify the counterfeit if we know what the real thing is. If we mm. know the genuine, then we can always identify the counterfeit. So when we come back after this song, we are going to be talking about and identifying, oh, well, how it is. What's our litmus test to use to know that we are worshipping God? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and Monica is <laughs> just rumbling right now. She's... <laughs> Rumbling, she is rummaging. I always knew I was going to lose it, but this morning I finally lost it. I'm, I'm so sorry, everyone. I've lost the quiz. It's all right. We can come up with a. We can come up oh, with a clue. Oh, I found it. Oh, <laughs> Somehow it ended up back in the pile, <laughs> several cards down. <laughs> Stressing. Oh, I need a Jennifer. Okay. But this is why, as well, because you keep putting the cards it's back bang. on the top. It's because. It's because. No, 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 no. I put them on the bottom. No, you keep putting them on the top. Okay, fine. And because people come in and then pick up the card and then they'll like. Go to do it's it, and I'm like, oh I'm, no! We're I like to tidy things up and I clean things, and I don't think I, I still needed that item. Anyway, I found the quiz card. Everybody, calm down. Emergency <laughs> has been diverted. You can get the last clue here. Mm-hmm. This clue is super duper, super duper easy. What book am I? My twenty third chapter begins with "The Lord is my shepherd." Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, then you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week, which is the 40 Days of Prayer devotional, book 12. We want you to be able to connect with God. We want you to connect to His Spirit. We want you to be filled with His Spirit because we know that it's only by being filled by the Holy Spirit of God that we can actually do His work, be used by Him, and be sanctified and changed. 0491-064-669. My 23rd chapter begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, so we're talking about the Sabbath, and we talked about... So we looked at Revelation 14.7, and we said, Revelation 14.7 is a call to... Worship. Who? The Lord. Amen, because he's the creator. Revelation 14.9 is a solemn appeal not to... Worship. Who? Satan. Satan, or the beast, you know, Mm -hmm. not to worship the beast. So then, what do we do? How do we differentiate our worship? If if it's if it's somehow similar, particularly because if we add in some context, if we go to Revelation thirteen and do an in depth study, we find that the beast of Revelation thirteen is actually posing as Christian, Ooh. and so actually posing as the God of Heaven. So then, what's the litmus test? What's the difference? It's like okay, if I can get up and sing Amazing Grace, but be singing it to Satan, like you know, and we don't, want, I don't want to put too much pressure on you this morning. I don't, I don't want you to have an existential crisis, but maybe you might need it if you're convicted. Hey, there's some stuff that happens in my church that I don't necessarily agree with, and and is there, is our worship right? I I want you to think about it. I want you to study the Bible because actually the Bible is about to give us the litmus test. Okay, of how do I know that I'm worshiping the right God? Here we go. Read Revelation 14, verse 12. It says, 
This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Revelation 14 and verse 12 describe a people who... Obey the commands. Obey his commandments. And they worship him in spirit and in truth. They have the testimony of Jesus. But that litmus test there, keep his commandments. This is so key. Now, people, you you could potentially read this, and most people would agree with this. Oh, you know, his commandments. We're talking, we're talking, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie. These are universal things that Christians agree with. Although there, there is definitely Christians that point towards, no, there, there is no, there are no commandments in the Bible that are binding. You know, I can break all the commandments and God doesn't have a problem with that. But what the Bible is saying here is actually what God wants from you is like the litmus test of being one of his followers is that you keep his commandments. Now, you could say, okay, Lawson, are you saying you need to ke- I need to keep the commandments to be saved? No, what I'm saying is that saved people keep the commandments. That's right. This is the point. We know from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. In fact, you want to read it, that for us. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, if you can get that for us. Monica, please. It's going to be opening up. But we know from this passage that the fir- the thing that comes first is justification and grace from God. Do you want to read that for us? God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward <clears throat> excuse me, for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is a gift from God. And when does it come? When you believe. Mm. It comes when you believe. But then do you want to read verse 10 for us? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That I, I love this passage. It's like you have been saved by grace. God, it is a gift from God. You have done nothing to be saved. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be saved. He made the sacrifice. There is no sacrifice that you could possibly make that could even come closer eclipse what Jesus has done for you to save you. And when you believe, you are saved. You will be saved. But it says the result of believing, Mm. the outcome of believing is that you are God's masterpiece. And the the good works that he has called you to do, you will do. It says in in your Bible, it says good things. In my Bible, it says good works. It's the works of God. And the, the simple, easy question. That I have to ask, because, you know, most Christians would agree with that. Yes, I'm, I'm called to do the good works of God. The simple question that I have to ask all Christians, is the good works that God is calling you to do sin? And the answer is no. Absolutely not. Now, whenever we sin, we know that we have a Redeemer who loves us, who has given everything for us, and who will accept us, accept our repentance. But simultaneously, God is calling us to something more. But, again, he's calling us to something more through his power, through his grace. And we were talking we're talking about the Holy Spirit as part of our quiz. We have this book here. It's the you know, forty days. It's a devotional book that's enabling you to understand the nature and the power of the Holy Spirit, the way that he can work in your life. We make a decision to follow God, but that decision is completely and entirely supplemented by the power of God. Because I don't have the ability to 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 keep God's law. I just don't. But God is the ultimate endower of his spirit, of his power that enables one to follow him. And this is the point. It's like, oh, but can't, can't I believe and, and not keep God's law? But I would say that not keeping God's law is an evident that you do not believe. That's right. 
And and then you're like, wait, that but that doesn't make sense. But again, it says whoever believes in God will be saved. You know, it's justification. But then you read in the Bible where the Bible says that even the demons believe in God. Mm-hmm. Why aren't demons saved? It's not enough to believe that God is real, even though that is definitely a pressing matter for many people, especially in, in today's age. It is not enough to just believe that God is true, the, that God is real. The next step, what shows that we believe in God, is that we actually respond to if we that we believe in what he has done for us, the sacrifice he's made to us, and we respond by giving our lives, giving our hearts to him, letting him work, and the outcome of that, the only outcome of giving our lives to Jesus will be good works. And a part of that is the sanctification of our souls and the growth that God does in us when we live in the, in the righteousness of faith, that he works in our hearts, he works in our minds, he works in our lives, and he leads us to overcome. That is his work. That is his job. The only work that we have in salvation, the, the only part is a decision. It's actually easy to understand this concept just through human relationships. Mm-hmm. You can believe that I exist. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I'm mm-hmm. sitting right in front of you. But our relationship is not dependent on whether or not you think I exist or not. Mm-hmm. Our, it's about our relationship yeah. that, that, that counts. And so this is where it's like, okay, well, how do I come to that place where I believe in God, a belief that would follow him? Well, it's come to him and repent. Submit your life to him. But the outcome will be that you'll keep his commandments. And we'll explore tomorrow, well, which which commandments is it talking about? But I'm going to appeal to you today. It has to be none other than the things that God has outlined for us to do and what is sin and what is not. You know, the Bible says that sin is a trans, sin is the transgression of the law. And when Jesus says that, or when the Bible writers say that, well, which law are they talking about? None other than God's moral Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. Sin is murder. Sin is adultery, sin is lying, sin is breaking the Sabbath. And so uh, let us let us be led then by Jesus to come to him and to be able to be blessed by keeping his Sabbath. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we're about to give away the answer. On The Breakfast Show. To the quiz. Oh, oh now we're giving away the answers. Now it's now okay. Now you've like... <laughs> You've uh, whittled it down to only half the books of the Bible. We're going to tell you which one exactly it was. Okay. The answer was the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. And I once again hoarded the wrong class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the book of Psalms. Um, the word death is found most often in the book of Psalms. It's 31 times. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders live, uh, labor in vain. And how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? Mm-hmm. Are both verses found in Psalms. Psalms has more than twice the number of chapters than any other book of the Bible. It has 150 chapters, and its 23rd chapter begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. Congrats to all those people who got that correct. You are in the draw to win the 40 days um, devotional book by Dennis Smith. Yeah, Brayden wrote in, um, he said, There was a clue that I missed that you said, Lawson. You mentioned something about just by volume you knew the answer. That should have been the the giveaway for me. Because, yeah, because the first clue was that it talks the most about death. Mm. And I'm like, wait, wait, it's just got to be the biggest book, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's how we I knew what it was it straight morning. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey, a bunch of people got it correct, so that that's fantastic. Yeah, you know, if yeah. we did the if we did a bad job to where no one could get it correct, 
And then we kept the books to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, that's point? a problem. But, you know, if we if we stuff up, if we give you guys a little bit of mercy it's okay. and grace, you know, yeah, we're all right with that. Hey, we got some text messages here. The first one's from George. He says, Shalom, Brecky Show team. At big camp in Jindabai this year, um, during the morning worship, Christian, that's Christian Copacciano, who's one of our leaders here at Faith FM, um, the South New South Wales president, he showed us that salvation was the healing part, the healing part of being saved as in, uh, you know, uh, yeah, of being saved. Amen. God's grace, uh, by God's grace, yeah. We are only required to have faith, believe, and accept the healing spirit of God through his word. Repent and we will be saved. Amazing love. God bless team. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. And this is the point of what we're saying, is that if you accept the healing power of God, like by faith, you believe and accept the spirit of God, which is ultimately God is the, the work that God is doing of salvation is one big work of healing. But if you accept that healing spirit, the outcome of being healed is change in our life that leads us to grow. And that growth, the litmus test of that growth is the abstaining of sin, like Amen. abstaining from mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. Um Again, does this mean that there will never be a battle until we die? The answer is no. Like, we are running the race of faith. It's a race of endurance. God is continually perfecting, and I don't think we should sit here and expect perfection now. But what we should expect is that, hey, Jesus is going to do a work in my heart. If I'm accepting his spirit, if I'm praying, if I'm asking him to be in my life, Jesus is going to do a work in my heart. And I know this because I've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying I've experienced perfection. But what I have experienced is overcoming Amen. by the power of God. Amen. So, guys, that's uh, yeah, that, that's that's really what we're getting at the heart of. And thank you, George, so much for your text message. David also wrote in again. He writes, Rico Starr developed the drums for left hand. Then, then the right turned the drums around. And now um, dr- dr- the drums. Uh, are, he developed the drums for left hand. Then he turned the drums around and now claims that the drums are supposed to be used for right-handed people. So it's like, it's the same as with the same thing with the guitar. Like it doesn't really matter which way you put it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I I got lost. I <laughs> <laughs> sorry. your left brain wasn't engaged. Yeah, my my brain was all over the place. But um, oh yeah, the book of Psalms, dude. Yeah, what a beautiful book. I love Ooh, that. My favorite. That. It's uh, it's 127, right? It's unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. I'm yeah. pretty sure that that is like one of my favorite psalms of all time. There is a beautiful scripture song to go along with it by the Corner Room, which we might maybe not in the next section, but we might we might get in, get in just before we sneak out at the end of the show. But um, yeah, I absolutely love the psalms. I think because the, the psalms are not totally written by David. That's just like Christian language that gets around because people often don't read the psalms. They're written. There's a number of different writers of the psalms. There's David. There's Asaph. There's Solomon. There's the sons of Korah who were like an old school worship group. Just think like, think like Gaither, but two, three thousand years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just writing these incredible reflections on the way that God Psalm loved them. Psalm twenty-seven is my absolute. That's favorite, your favorite. favorite yeah. book of the, Give us a quote. Chapter. Give us a quote. Oh no, I can't. I've got ten seconds left. My, my brain's <laughs> malfunctioning. The pressure. I can't. Where's Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, help us. God, help us. Monica, what are you going to get us to today? Going to work, Dale. <laughs> going to pat some puppies, and I'm going to go to work. That's awesome. <laughs> what about you? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to walk out this door. I'm going to walk into my car. I'm going to sit down in my car. I'm going to drive my car down to Avondale. I'm going to walk into the library. I'm going to sit down. Oh. And I'm never going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pray for Lawson and his studies. <laughs> hey, guys, remember today, talk faith, live faith, and act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.